The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but it is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one after lighting a lamp puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lamp stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, Whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Good morning. Let us pray. Holy God, we thank you for the rain you have sent to bless the land. Help us to grow and flourish by your word, just as the land is flourished and grows by this rain. In your name we pray, amen. So this passage in the gospel today where Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its flavor, how can its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything, but it's thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Some people have interpreted this verse to mean that if a person doesn't have faith in Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, then they're not a full human and that they can be treated as disposable. This was how and why the great empires of Europe colonized the world. English, Portuguese, Spanish, Dutch, you name it. French. It was German, sure, all of them. It's the oldest story there is in history. Before them, it was other empires of other places in the world. But in the time where Christianity flourished and spread in Europe, they used Christianity. They used it and distorted it to mistreat people. There was even a thing created called the Doctrine of Discovery. Right around the time Luther was beginning the Reformation in another part of Europe, they hammered out the doctrine of discovery, which said any place you go, if they're not Christian, they don't have any rights to the land, to their gold, to anything, to their own lives. And it was encouraged, this twofold strategy. On the one hand, just go, pillage and plunder, take whatever you want, but bring along a missionary with you. 
And if a few people convert to Christianity, then you can spare them. You know this history. And so the missionaries were used as a sort of whitewashing to this project. They were brought along and people would be given sort of a half opportunity to convert in a language they didn't understand. And if they didn't, then they were met with a sword or a gun. What a terrible evangelism strategy. So we have to ask ourselves, what does Jesus really mean by this? That if salt has lost its saltiness, it's thrown out and trampled underfoot. Well, what if Jesus meant something entirely different? What if he is saying that we should never, ever underestimate our worth, any human being? We forget just how precious salt is and was in antiquity. Salt was like a miracle commodity. If you could get your hands on salt, you kind of became a rich person. Salt could be used to preserve food for a very long time so you could make it through the winter. That's the whole point of salt, is it doesn't lose its saltiness. So there Jesus is talking with the masses in his ministry, and he's telling them, you are much more valuable than salt. You are priceless. You are invaluable. You are amazing stuff. You are a living, breathing miracle of profound intelligence and capability. We haven't the foggiest idea of our worth. We undervalue ourselves constantly. This is our greatest sin. We believe the lie that we have somehow lost our saltiness. In fact, that's our greatest sin. Number one, we don't understand how valuable we are in God's eyes. And number two, because we don't know, we allow ourselves to be trampled on, to be undervalued and underappreciated. To say it a bit more clearly, our greatest sin is that we allow ourselves to be taken advantage of and exploited. If you think for a moment about this, you kind of know that it's true. And we as a society, we sort of divide ourselves into groups trying to uh, understand how our lives are made difficult outside of our circumstances. Now, some people get together, right, and they blame the government. And they say, oh, gosh, it's that government's fault. It's always exploiting us, taxing us. And you know there's some truth to that, especially when you look at the way that the government spends money when the own people of this country are homeless and suffering and lack so many basic needs. And what does the government do? It squanders billions and billions while its own people suffer. And then some people, they get mad at big business. And they say, ooh, it's big business's fault. They're jacking up the prices. They're making life more difficult for us day after day, selling us stuff that we don't need and taking our resources. And I think that there's some truth to that. There's some truth in both sides. But you know, you got to ask yourself, who's the real culprit? 
Is it the big government or is it the big business? And you know which one it is? Neither one or both. We could say that the real problem, watch out, here it comes, is religion. Religion too. We have a history that is not always great. As I mentioned, religion gets used to tell people, to lie to people, to say, you're terrible, you're, you're going to go to hell, right? I'm not saying that, I'm saying other people say it. Unless you convert to this one true religion, and if you're part of the one true religion, then you're okay. Otherwise, you're worthless. It's such a big lie because if, if people were so worthless, if people were so worthless, then why do religions want them, right? If people were so worthless and bad, then why do all the religions of the world want people to be in their religion? The truth is that the people are what is valuable. You are the salt of the earth. Big businesses want people. They want customers. Big governments, they want people. They want taxpayers. All the institutions, whether it's religious or business or government or you name it, it's the people. It's the people who are worthy, who have worth, and who make it happen. So when we talk about grace, we're talking about what Jesus said when he says, you are the salt of the earth, you are valuable, you are precious, more precious than any precious commodity. It's built into the fiber of your bones. Recently, I stumbled upon some of the work of a linguist and philosopher named Noam Chomsky. Noam Chomsky is pushing 100 years old, and he's written extensively about the nature of languages. And Noam Chomsky says this, his main work really came out in the middle of the century. Like I said, he's nearly 100 years old. So back in the 50s and the 60s, as a linguist, he discovered scientifically that every language all over the surface of the earth, doesn't matter where it comes from, shared the same basic principles, the same structures. His great work was called Syntactic Structures. Didn't matter if it was Chinese, didn't matter if it was Indian, didn't matter if it was an indigenous language, doesn't even matter. They have found, they have found colonies in third world countries of deaf people, right? Children who are born that can't hear, never had access to learn sign language, and in these little colonies, they have created their own languages time and time again, and those languages operate with the same structures as modern English. Chomsky discovered that built into side of us, inside of our brains, is this amazing capacity to communicate, and it's a miracle. It's a miracle. We forget that just to carry on a conversation with somebody is a miracle. And so when Chomsky discovered this, it's not to make the masses seem dumb. It's just the opposite. The masses, the people, every ordinary person has a profound ability to think if given the opportunity. 
because we are made in the image of God and we have profound worth. So you have to ask yourself a question, okay? If the linguists are right, if we all have this ability to, to think and to communicate and to understand language, why is there so much disagreement in our world? Why are there these divisions? And people claim, oh, the divisions are getting worse. I hear people say that all the time. Man, I've never lived in such a divided, polarized time. Well, there's probably some truth to that. But what if we're not as divided as we think we are? What if we have far more in common than we are led to believe? What if the only reason that these disagreements and these divisions exist is because we swim in a bunch of lies, in a bunch of half-truths meant to divide us? The truth is that we have far more in common and understanding than we are led to believe. We have common ground. It means this. If and when we ever see somebody being trampled on, it is not because they deserve it. Nobody can lose their saltiness. It's for no good reason whatsoever. There's never a good reason for someone to be trampled. It's always a travesty of justice. The only way to stop it is for good people, people to work together to do something about it. When we're talking about faith, we're talking about believing in this truth that we are the salt of the earth, as is all of creation. And when we truly believe it, when we recognize it, then we have the creative capacity to figure it out, to get to the bottom of things and to find a solution. So if anyone ever treats you badly, you know that they are committing a lie. And if you're ever tempted to do that to someone else, take a deep breath and stop and remember that no matter who we're dealing with, no matter how much they push our buttons, no matter how much we disagree with them, this is a child of God who we can listen to and we might even learn something from, even from our greatest enemy. Because Jesus said we are all the salt of the earth. We must lift up our heads and not look away, but to be there for one another and to make this world better, God's kingdom. You know, Jesus said something really interesting in the gospel. He said, I didn't come to do away with the law, right? The whole purpose of the law is to protect people. That's what the law is for. The law is for protecting us, for saying, hey, there's some things that are off limits. They're not allowed. Doesn't matter who you are. And Jesus says very clearly, I didn't come to do away with the law. I came to upheld it, to uphold it and to fulfill it. And then he says something even more interesting. He says, whoever breaks the law and is guilty of leading others to do the same will be least in the kingdom of God. Notice he doesn't say, we'll go to hell. He says, we'll be least in the kingdom of heaven. In other words, there's some judgment there. Jesus says there's some judgment. If you break the law, you will receive some judgment, but not so much that I will condemn you to hell. 
you are still, we are all still enveloped in God's kingdom, mercy, love, and justice. Radically inclusive and forgiving and merciful and full of grace. The question is, will we, will we work together to be God's people, to be salty and to have faith? Amen.